Greetings and salutations. What follows next is another live edition of Doctor Who Podshock. In this live roundtable discussion, we are reviewing Evolution of the Daleks, which is, um, I believe, episode 5 of the 2007 series. So if you have not seen this story yet, you may want to hold on to this Podshock episode until you have seen it. This is the conclusion of Daleks in Manhattan, which we reviewed last time. And you are encouraged to join us as we record these live versions of our podcast. And you can do so by going to TalkShoe.com. That's TalkShoe.com. And uh, get, a, get a free account there. Once you have an account, you can call up at 724-444-7444. And our TalkCast ID number is 23358. You enter in your PIN, and you'll be able to join us live. Now, when I say live, it's usually Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. You're encouraged to join us, and if you don't want to uh, call in and talk to us you know, live while we're recording, you can uh, just listen in live, or you can participate on the online chat that goes on uh, at the same time, so we can actually uh, see you chatting online with us and um, while we're recording. So once again, that's... Um, Sunday after the most recent episode of Doctor Who is transmitted on the BBC, we record these live shows. So now, without further ado, this is Doctor Who, Podshock, episode 78, Evolution of the Daleks. Only two of the Daleks have been destroyed. One of the Dalek Masters must still be alive. Oh, yes. The whole universe. Just one. Now what? You will be exterminated! Yeah, 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 yeah. Just think about it, Dalek. What was your name? Dalek Khan! Dalek Khan. Your entire species has been wiped out. And now the cult of Skaro has been eradicated. Leaving only you. Right now, you're facing the only man in the universe who might show you some compassion. Because I've just seen one genocide. I won't cause another. Khan. Let me help you. Live. From New York's Midtown South Precinct on November the 2nd, 1930, where the commanding officer is facing some very tough questions from the commissioner about the thousands of dead bodies in proximity of the Empire State Building. It's Doctor Who Podshock.
recorded live. Outpost Gallifrey presents Doctor Who Pachak, Episode 78, Evolution of the Daleks. This is our live recording, recording the day after the transmission on the BBC of Doctor Who, Evolution of the Daleks. And with me today is um, Taras Natitian. Hello, Taras. Good day, everybody. Good day. And Mike Durin, our Canadian correspondent, is also in the house. Hello, Mike. Hello, everyone. Hey, Lewis. Hi, everyone. Good to hear from you. Um, Doss Skeptical is sort of here. He's just, he's, we're having some little technical problems that um, he's sorting out, and he should be joining us momentarily. Uh, once again, thank you for listening, everyone that's here live in the show, and those that are uh, would like to participate. There's, um, I had mentioned this before we started recording, there's a button in the TalkShoe Live application on the upper right-hand corner. Just enter yourself in the queue, and we'll get to you when we get to our feedback portion of the episode. So, Evolution of the Docs, that's part two of, um, well, it's, it's, it's a continuation of Daleks in Manhattan that was last week, and it's a two-parter episode, and uh, this one um, obviously brings it to a conclusion. I have to admit that I'm a bit bipolar on this episode. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, it's going to be kind of hard to explain, but for many of the reasons that I liked it, I, for those same reasons, I sort of didn't like it, and I, I guess what I should say is... Um, Ambivalent? Just, well, no, I'll, I'll explain it the best I can, is that the episode, today's episode, um, like as I said, continues um, last week's, the strengths of last week's episode is still there, there as far as production value goes and um, the, the acting and everything's all there that continues on to this week's. And um, the story, though, what I, let me just start off saying... The, the, what I really liked about it, and then I'll explain, I'll, I'll go further from there, but what I really liked about this was that it was, a, it felt like a pair of old comfortable sneakers. It really, it had um, a feeling of traditional Doctor Who. It's, um, it, it just seemed very comfortable and um, I'm not very, I'm not doing very good explaining this, but it seemed like it was going in a in a, um, a traditional path, something that, that, that sort of brought me back to um, traditional storytelling in Doctor Who. And I guess for that exact same reason, it sort of, um, because I, even though I enjoyed the comfortable pair of sneakers, it, I was hoping for something that was going to shake it up a bit. And it seemed a little predictable and a little... Tra- um, formula. It just seemed like it was very formulatic. I'm making up words now. <laughs> Formulaic. That too. And it, it, it just seemed like it was following a traditional storytelling formula and you knew exactly pretty much what roles all the characters were going to play and how it was going to play out. Uh, I see Darth has joined us again, so I'm just going to try to um, get him back on in the show, hopefully, um, without any problems here. Welcome back, Doroth. Hi, guys. Sorry about the problems before. Okay, I think you're sounding better. Thanks for your patience. Hey, no problem. We're breaking new ground here with our live show. Uh, we've been this is um, we've been doing this for as 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 many episodes as there has been so far in C- series three. So, um, but the technology here that TalkShoe has um, enabled us to use is still very much. Uh, um, beta. So 
you know, it still has some bugs that we're stamping out and, and, and then us as well with our own equipment and all that, we need to kind of, um, we're, we're, we're trying to polish it more and as we go along, but getting back to my review or, or synapse or whatever you want to call it, 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 it's like I said, it was very bipolar. I, for, for the same reasons why I enjoyed this episode were some of the reasons why I felt it fell or, or failed a little bit. And um, I would like to have been surprised or shocked or, and, and I wasn't, I was, everything was very, very much um, as I expected it to be. And I came away with it not being disappointed, but not also being excited. It was sort of, it was good, you know, um, so it's it's kind of hard. It's sort of like it's I don't know, <laughs> but that's 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 my take on it. And um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Taras and see what he says, what he thought of it. Well, as a Dalek story, I thought this was one of the best Dalek stories since the Troughton era. But then, having said that, it really echoes a lot of evil of the Daleks. We have. Daleks questioning each other, we have Daleks fighting each other, we have that question, why, coming from uh, the Dalek ranks. So this, this is really almost like a retread of evil of the Daleks, but because of that, I really enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. And it was good to see that uh, Dalek sec was just a one-off and not the future of the Daleks. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that aspect, too. I, I was, um, yes. And I thought what it was one of the most funniest things was when the Daleks entered onto the stage in the theater and they have second chains, and that looked like some sort of fetish production. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, um, Mike, what was, what was your initial take? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not so much of two minds as of, of two opinions. And uh, you know, following on from last week, you know, I wasn't, wasn't very impressed with the first episode. Uh, the second episode, I'm, I'm actually a little angry, and I'm angry because it seems like so much great work is wasted by this episode. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a very poor script that is so well realized, other than... The, the, the Dalek set, half-human, half-Dalek creature. Uh, yeah, the, the production terrific, values are really top-notch. Pro, yeah, the, the design and the production values and the, the way they integrated the location work they were able to do, all very effective. And some really good uh, action directing by James Strong in the second episode. Mm-hmm. So I thought watching last night, wow, this is really exciting. I really don't care what's going to happen. It's, well, it's completely obvious what's going to happen. Yeah. What a waste. What a waste mm-hmm. of some great talent with a really subpar script, I'm sorry to say. I just uh, is, you know, is waiting, is going through the numbers. Uh, so I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm actually a little resentful. It's, it's, as opposed to just being left cold, I feel a little cheated that uh, the, the script was just not up to the standard of, certain, of, of the new series, uh, let alone maybe even the old series. Um, what, a, what a waste of some really great work. Uh, by a lot of talented people, and mm-hmm. uh, you know the, the script. The script could have used a lot more work. It, it felt too safe for me. That I, in part two in, in this episode, I just really thought it might go in some new directions and take you someplace that it hasn't taken me before. And it, to me, it just felt 
too comfortable, too safe. And I sound like a broken record, but it's the best way to describe it. It just seemed a little bit too predictable. And I, I knew that um, Dalek Seth sec- was going to somehow sacrifice himself. And, I, I, you know, I kind of knew where the elements were going to kind of play themselves out. And, and they did. And um, the, the only thing that I wasn't too sure about was the when he lost the sonic screwdriver if he was going to get it back immediately or or not you know since it's the second time he sort of lost that in this series so um it, it seems like maybe um russell t davies is playing with us with the sonic screwdriver maybe uh before the series is out maybe he will, will lose it for good but i don't know well it's it's i, I doubt it though yeah, and, and well, think about it. If, if that's the if that's your biggest worry, uh, <laughs> whatever uh, two thirds well, exactly through the right. second episode yeah. of a two parter, then then there's something wrong. Yeah, I, the the only other thing that was sort of a as it was you know as I was watching it, the only only other question mark was um um oh, the, the the character that was um I'm I'm, I'm getting his name right now, but Laszlo Laszlo right Laszlo. Yeah, I wasn't sure whether he seemed like he was about, you know, to expire. And so there's a little question mark whether or not he was going to indeed survive or not. So, but that was about it, really. Everything else, you kind of, you know, knew how it was going to play out. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm sorry, go ahead, Mike. Oh, no, I'm just, uh, I'm totally agreeing with you right down mm-hmm. to the, 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 the climax in the theater with the, the human Daleks. Uh, in the audience, I guess in the in the seating, and then the Daleks on stage, well, and you know from the moment the, the gamma rays hit uh, hit the Doctor on top of the Empire State Building, what's happened to the human Daleks? It's, it's so obvious. Yeah, it's been done before. Though scientifically it's, speaking, I don't know how just lightning going through him would pass his DNA on to, but whatever. That's just a little. It, it's Doctor Who. The science does <laughs> exactly, but the plot does, and that's where we're yeah. let down. Mm-hmm. So, Darth, what what was your take on this episode? I think I'm of two minds as well. Um, but I've got a really positive mind, and I've got a really negative mind. I'm very okay. conflicted on how, on how to view this thing. In fact, what was really weird was when I watched it the first time, I really did not like it at all and could poke a lot of holes in the plot. But when I watched it the second time, I really appreciated it as a kind of pastiche of 30s film of, of the era that it comes from and taken in the spirit of like the mad scientist and Frankenstein and I think it's really interesting and, and actually quite funny in places and some decent one-off scenes when I compare it to other two-parters that have happened in previous seasons I certainly like it a lot better than I like uh, the Cyberman initial two-parter last year and in fact all the things that Mike is saying about this episode, this two-parter, I would entirely apply to uh, that first two-parter last year. But I think a lot of the promise of the first episode, which on reflection I'd actually rate a little higher than I did last week. I think the first episode is probably a four. But all that promise I think was squandered in a pretty big way. So I'm, I'm left a little disappointed by how the plot went, but I'm I, I really like the, the mood and the vibe of the episode. And I'm not really talking about prote- production values per se, but just the attempt to capture an era. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's interesting. It is one of, if you compare it to other Dalek stories, it's still one of the better Dalek stories. Uh, 
it, it, it's maybe my favorite Dalek story that has the traditional Dalek title, you know, blank of the Daleks in it. Mm-hmm. Except for Genesis, maybe. Yeah. It, it, it's, this one's really hard. I think this one is either going to grow on you or it's going to, later on down the road, just really make you think it's terrible. It's really, really terrible. But I, I think ultimately it's probably going to grow on me in some way. Mm-hmm. But I, I tried to keep my my New York bias out of this as well. I was just, you know, it was mm. on one hand, it's also good just to see a Doctor Who episode, you know, taking place in New York because we haven't seen that. Well, the Daleks were back on the Empire State Building way, you know, back in the chase. So, but it's yeah. been a long time since um, there was a story taking place here. So, um, though, you know, because of costs and whatever, they, they couldn't really, you know, um, but I think for what they did, they did very good, you know, and, um, and as we said, I think the, um, the direction and, um, and the mood and everything really was spot on, you know, um, you know, I, I have to say that as well. Now, I, I have, I a, que- I have a question. Uh, what would have been the thoughts if these ty- the episode titles were something that did not reveal the Daleks, something like The Pig and the Showgirl and Hooverville would this story have had a, a better better impact on you guys? I'm wondering whether or not they just used the Dalek in the title just to avoid the, um, you know, the whole cover-up, you know, that the, the, the energy that the production crew would have to use to, you know, keep the, the Daleks as a secret. And maybe it's um, pretty much now a given that the Daleks will be returning in, um, in every series. And as we know, with the conclusion of this episode... Khan will be back, so I, I suspect that next series will have an episode called, you know, The Wrath of Khan. And <laughs> so I don't um, think. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I'm sorry. I, so it seemed like it was sort of like building up for, you know, in the first episode of Daleks in Manhattan that there was a um, a slight build up of the reveal of the Dalek with the elevator door opening. But um, I, I think what the with the, what, what the Radio Times gave away was that was the main thing. I can think they were was the supposed to be the big surprise in this episode was the as um dave said the man like <laughs> i'm sorry I, I just have to laugh when i hear that so um no offense dave <laughs> so yeah um dalek sect turning into a half human or or the jaguar like thing that he turned into um i think that was the the big reveal i, I don't know Tress. i don't know whether or not this would have um made a difference if we didn't know if the daleks were in it or not perhaps i don't know it's kind of hard to to judge. I don't think I, they I kinda... need to always, uh, or need to, or even should always keep the the reveal of the the returning monster a secret. I mean, sometimes it seems to have a purpose, and it was it was great that they did that uh, last year uh, with the Daleks in Army of Ghosts uh, Doomsday. Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly, they didn't do it with Dalek uh, <laughs> the first time yeah. it appeared, and uh, didn't do it with the first appearance of the the, the Cybermen last year. Not really. So I, you know, I, I didn't. I, I don't think I really would have been that. I, I can't see my opinion being that different um, on on, on, the, on these particular episodes. Had I known, I, I don't think it would have been that exciting a reveal because uh, we're sort of expecting to see the Daleks somewhere every year. Uh, so it'd be, you know, you're not going to get them eventually. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of think it, in fact, would be. Uh, make the episodes a lot better if you didn't know that the Daleks were in it 
Um, because a lot of the impact of that elevator scene is ripped right out of it because you know it's the Daleks. If you yeah. didn't know that it was coming, then you know, you'd hold your breath for a moment and you'd be really a lot more engaged in the plot. But just knowing that they're there, you know, you're just waiting for them to do something different the whole time instead of being surprised by the fact that they are there. So I kind of think it would make a big difference. I guess so that elevator scene was in the trailer, wasn't it? So it was sort of yeah. like a, a given that we, you know... Yeah, I think on some say. level... Yeah, I think they still want to... I, I think you want to have some publicity surrounding the Daleks for marketing reasons. Yeah, the Daleks are I, popular, the Daleks will get viewers. This mm-hmm. particular Radio Times cover they had blew it because it didn't even have a Dalek on the cover. If you had a Dalek in the Empire State Building and a New York scene on the cover of the Radio Times last week, uh, then, then there's a reason maybe to, to reveal that the Daleks are, are coming back. The cover mm-hmm. that they chose not only spoils the episode, I'm, I'm happy that I didn't see it before it before seeing the episode, but not only does it spoil the episode, but it, it's not something that's recognizable or very effective for marketing anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was just too much of a pat on the back of the design team, but really effectiveness as a marketing gimmick, I really don't see it. Yeah. And it, in my opinion, draws attention to the probably the worst designed part of the episode. So, I, I have a question of my own. Mm-hmm. The biggest problem that I have with the episode, and that is, what the hell were the Daleks actually doing at the Empire State Building? I don't. I still don't think I actually know that, which is one of the problems with the episode. It's not really explained very well why they had to be there. Good question. One of the things that Russell T. Davies said in last week's Confidential was that what he believes is that when yeah. Daleks were last at the Empire State Building, they remembered it as being an interesting location and it might be useful. And the main reason they were there is because of that solar flare that was going to hit to give them enough energy since they didn't have any energy to do much, as was explained right. today, uh, last night. Yeah, and but, I got that. Uh, but what I, I guess what I don't get is they also said in that explanation it comes once every thousand years. So why 1930? Why 1930s Empire State Building? Well, I guess they, they make an in, emergency temporal shift. They have very little choice of where they go, is my guess. But yeah, if they, who knows? If, if they had made it clearer that perhaps the Daleks, uh, you know, they, they went for this emergency shift and they didn't have enough power to do another one to get anywhere else. Uh, the, there is ref- okay. the doctor makes reference to them being low on power, but if, if it was made impl- if it was more implicit that they were stranded in that time, that random time, I think it would make more sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. something because that that was the thing. I just. I, I can't put my mind around it. It doesn't make any sense why they had to be there. And I, I think that when you compare it with, like, Girl in the Fireplace, what's so good about that episode is that you get all this strange locale, but at the very end, you get sort of a rationale for it, whereas you don't really get a good one here. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. <laughs> well, in, in our chat, we have Merlin, Mike Merlin, who's um, he he's uh, just... Um, chimed in with that with the tallest building at the time. So, um, but but there is, I think, that, Lewis, there is a, a missed opportunity for some interesting backstory. Maybe the Daleks didn't end up in 1930; they ended up in 1730, and they've been 
you know, skulking around the, the sewers in New York for 200 years, uh, waiting for this event to happen. And, and in fact, they were working behind the scenes, uh, waiting for this building to be built so that they could take part and go to the top and capture that, that, that shot of radiation that they know is coming. And that would be interesting. Uh, but it's, yeah. it's not there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, sort of like Captain Jack, you know, had gone back and, you know, was in, was it 1917 or something like that, you know, further back than World War II. And, yeah, and it, it so, would provide some interesting texture for, yeah. you know, what exactly the Daleks are, are doing at that particular time. Mm-hmm. I also felt that this episode sort of answered the question why they, I mean, didn't really answer the question, but just logistically answered the question on why they were pig slaves. And uh, I, I, I mean, it could have been any animal, but um, I guess they had to really make those first batch of slaves, those first um, servants of the Daleks to be um, a bit different in looking, you know, because in this episode we have now Dalek humans or, you know, or supposedly humans, human bodies now that have encompassed Dalek DNA or whatever. And um, so if they were humans, if they were just regular humans in the first episode, they would just, I guess they'll be too similar to these humans. Yeah, they were a bit too similar in the way they acted to the robo-men of the very early Dalek story. And uh, I just don't like the way that they were taking orders from uh, Dalek Khan, that just didn't really make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I said last week, last week I really liked the Pigmen. I thought they were effective. And, and again, I think we could have had a, a quick explanation of, uh, you know, maybe these are the first animals that the, the Daleks come across when they show up in, in whatever year they show up in. And that's what they start with, and they stick with it because they like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if there is a need to answer that question of why pigs... Uh, as for the human Daleks, yeah, they don't seem very uh, well. They don't seem very powerful or useful. <laughs> they die pretty easily. Uh, so again, I can I can't just like the human Dalek. Uh, it doesn't seem to be a very very effective taking on of of what is good about humanity to take on all of our weaknesses uh, in battle, as opposed to yeah, that ambition that they wanted. Yeah, I, I felt the Doctor took a great leap of faith, thinking you know where he put himself right in, into human Daleks targets and just um, a leap of faith that they weren't going to shoot. I mean, out of all of them, none of them, you know, <laughs> so it, it, I, I would have preferred if there was maybe some indication early on that the doctor sensed that, that, they, that they retained some humanity and, um, and that led him to believe that they wouldn't shoot him down. But I guess it's only so many minutes they can have in an episode well, maybe he's well, still got that guilt from uh, the Time War whenever he encounters the Daleks. It brings it up to the forefront. Mm-hmm. So you, you, um, you would think he was being a, a bit of a martyr there and was hoping or just... That's really a care? possibility. Mm-hmm. It, it's not ju- as simple as that because there's a lot of things that are going through him at that point in time. Like, one, he's mm-hmm. trying to save the humans... So anything to distract the Daleks is a, a good thing in his eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even uh, he, I, I was kind of surprised he didn't really, uh, even though he did a little bit, but I, I thought he would um, try to save Solomon. Was that, is that his name? Yeah, yeah. Solomon. You know, try to um, stop him from his um, little uh, monologue there with the Dalek because, um, you know, I, the, doc, the doctor knows from past experience that that's not going to work. 
the urge to kill is too strong. That was <laughs> yeah. a great line. Yeah. And his um, body yeah, but- can disintegrate after he was shot. He was still there. Yeah. Something new and different, I think. Well, you know, another problem with that, that scene at the end that you're talking about in the theater is the question of why the white Dalek Khan didn't just make all the human Daleks die sooner. Why give them the opportunity to live in order to be able to pull the trigger? Why couldn't we, you know, kill them while they were pulling the trigger and save themselves? Well, it's not really Khan. Is that Fay really not Khan? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, one could guess that sense. the Daleks are so filled with doubt by that point that they're not as effective anymore. Mm, yeah, maybe. But one, one really good thing that was running throughout this particular episode, I think, was the evolution of Martha. I think that this is, a real, compared with maybe the last week or so, two weeks, she was much more proactive. I think we're back to the, the Martha that we saw in the hospital. Mm-hmm. She's much more involved in actively finding solutions to problems and uh, I, I find like her electrifying the story compelling. Yeah, well, that that and just you know putting everything together to figure out what exactly was going on. It was interesting to watch that process, and I liked her rapport with uh, Tallulah. That was good. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I think she was very good in this episode as well. Um, and, and you're seeing the doctor. I mean, the doctor is trusting her and giving her giving her duties. Uh, you know, things to accomplish, and, and showing that confidence in her. Yes, yeah, but the psychic paper, figuring that she'll work it out. Yeah. Okay, so I think we're going to bring in some of uh, the people that are waiting in queue. The first one up is uh, Travis. Hello. Hello, Travis. How are you guys doing this week? Oh, Travis. We're doing Hello. good. How about yourself? Oh, I'm good. I got my schedule changed at work, so but I'm going to sleep after this. We're, we're supposed to be talking about the this, not me. <laughs> um, I, I, I like you guys, sort of like have that double-minded thing going on. Where like I like see the little Dalek feel to it, and and uh. The one one guy, I don't know what his name is offhand, and then like the the human Dalek Zek guy, he just like his eyeballs like hmm. That I just liked his reaction. I I kept playing that scene back just to see the the look on his face. I thought that was kind of interesting. That it, it was you're right. I mean, with that scene, you could kind of tell that okay, that he's not a Dalek anymore. He's got this whole you know human emotions and his whole sense is changing and. Uh, I I really like the the like his theme that like background the music that plays mm-hmm. over the like that do- I don't know if it was sort of his theme but that I don't know like at the end of the last episode that little that instrumental kind of piece I thought that was actually you know I just, I don't know for some reason I just really like that tune that it played mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone ever brought up the music lately but. I mean, Murray goes scores are like extremely well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, and, I've been paying note to um, no, no pun intended, but <laughs> to um, Murray Gold's music in, in this episode, looking for new themes and well, actually this whole you know the new series you know um, seeing where he's going with, with the music and um, I, I thought the music kind of um, complemented the 
the whole 1930s feel of this episode, of both parts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, there was, there's like one major thing I, I pray. Like, I mean, I didn't mind the fact that that, that, that the, what was it, Khan that escaped. I just mm-hmm. hope we don't see, I just hope we do not see him for at least a couple of years. No, I'm feeling he'll be back next year. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't renew the license. Well, uh, 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 from, from Phil Collison, uh, the producer had uh, mentioned that 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 um, that the dogs will be back every year. That it's a sort of a Doctor Who oh, institution, okay. and but I don't well, know. Well, I um, think the I don't know if Phil Collison deal, will be back every year. <laughs> Lewis, I think the original deal that they signed with the Terry Nation estate was a three-year deal. So. Mm-hmm they don't sign a new deal, then it could be that they might try to do series four without the Daleks. We'll just have to see, I guess. Well, I, I would imagine that. this has been a mutual um, beneficial thing for the Terry Nation estate and, you know, the BBC. So I, I don't see how, you know, unless they get very, you know, greedy or something like that, I, I would imagine that they would go ahead with another contract. Well, if you yeah. recall there were issues when they were initially negotiating, so it could be that they may just be either too expensive or too nitpicky for how the Daleks are used. Do, to, do you uh, think those were real, those issues? I, I remember, you know, there was I a whole that big controversy were. that the Daleks would not be back in Doctor Who, and it seemed like a big publicity thing, no. and I wasn't sure. I, I think that her. they were real, because if you had to rewrite a script to not feature them and then change the script back, I think that was quite real. Yeah, the issues were definitely for real, but Mm -hmm. I think the issue changes once the merchandising revenue starts coming in after the first series. And I I have to imagine the estate would have been kicking themselves had they let it go that the Daleks didn't appear. Uh, I think that the, the issues that existed then don't exist now. I cannot see any reason why a new contract wouldn't easily be negotiated because the the royalties they get from all the ancillary stuff has got to be more money than the BBC is probably paying for the rights to use them. Mm-hmm. So I, I I cannot imagine that uh, that licensing would would be a problem at any point. Well, the, in your the thing is, the BBC works in a different way where the production of the stories is completely separate from the licensing arm, yeah, and but the, but never the twain shall meet. So. Yeah, but Terrace, that's the that's the BBC I'm talking about, the estate of Terry Nation, and they don't work in a different way. So the BBC, uh, the BBC isn't making the decision on licensing, but I have to imagine the estate of Terry Nation is. Right, but this is a chicken of egg problem where it's the BBC that's producing the show that needs to pay for the rights, licensing arm that's getting the more money on the back end, so it's a chicken and egg. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm, not suggesting, yeah, I'm not suggesting that licensing has anything to do with uh, the BBC here. I'm just talking purely about the, the willingness of the estate to license to the BBC to use the Daleks, which, which I don't think is, is necessarily a, a, a monetary problem from the Doctor Who side. I think it's more that uh, you know, they, they want to ensure they're getting as much of the, pie, the overall pie as possible. So I, I think it's quite separate between the production and the estate. Anyway. Yeah. I, I tend to agree. I, I think it would be a, very much to their benefit to keep the Daleks in front of the viewer's eyes and on the screen and as much you know, visible as possible to get, you know, as you said, for 
because I'm sure they get a piece of the pie in the merchandising of Alex as well. I think that's where they get their bigger piece of the pie, in fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know, but I I would suspect so, yeah. Okay, we're going to go um, to our next um, person that's waiting in the queue, which is West. Hello. Hello, West. How is everybody today? Good. Good to have you back. Uh, I'm going to start this with a question for you guys. Um, and I may have missed something in, over, or in watching everything over and over again, but is it possible that Dalek Khan is the Dalek from Dalek? And it got quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we saw the Dalek and Dalek self-destruct. That's that's I was, yeah. I'm just thinking of the timeline because that was twenty. I I don't know. I mean, that was that wasn't that twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Right. He did a temporal shift. So who knows where he went? Yeah, but I think we know the Dalek and Dalek had come f- directly from the Time War, don't we? Isn't that that well established, established? I believe. Mm-hmm. And all the Daleks we have now are we're dealing with post Time War Daleks. And supposedly he crashed in the 50s, I think, and was being tortured for many years. Like I said, I may have missed something in watching. (laughs) I I think the effect of the Time War is that not just the Daleks are destroyed, but, you know, they're they're effectively removed from time before that point. So you don't have the Daleks moving around and meeting the pre-Time War Daleks, would be my assumption. Right. I mean, the other thing, too, would be, I think, that the Dalek in Dalek would have referred to himself by his name, because that was the characteristic of these Daleks, and they weren't shy about that. I don't know what would be the game by withholding his name from the people who were interrogating him, especially the Doctor. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just yeah. a thought. Now I can... No, well, it's, that's what's great about Doctor Who, is that you can speculate on these things, and... and you know, think that way. I, I think it's fun to do. So, um, oh yeah. And each of us can believe anything we want. That's yes, true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially in this universe. Um, <laughs> but as far as this episode, I feel like the first one better, and I didn't like it that much. But I mean, to me, this is the longest filler episode of a series I've ever seen. Usually, filler episodes don't take two episodes. Um. It's, it's just kind of like it was. They needed a hole. There's the Daleks. We got to use them. Let's do this. I mean, it, it had an interesting storyline, but I just think it pulled me kind of out of the my willing suspension of disbelief, and it turned into a kids show for an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it is a kids show. Well, yeah, I know it is, well, and then I'm, it I'm still be a, a kid family at heart show for adults yeah, and it, children. It's it's always been kind of it's a kid show, but it's got some high concept stuff in there. And this time it was just like a total kid show, like it was something in totally Doctor Who, maybe instead of. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm saying here. It's, it's I'm not saying I'm disillusioned or anything because I know the series is going to go out with a whiz bang. But you know, sometimes you know it it can't all be gold. <laughs> yeah. And I think this show is really cool in the fact that it tries new things. And, you know, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. And I'm not saying it didn't completely work. This is one of those things that, there again, we may not, we don't know what's happening later in the season, and something may come back. So mm-hmm. it'll make it make more sense or make us like it better or worse. I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, I still enjoy watching it. Yeah. I thought the performances were good, and they did a lot more with Martha this week than they've done before. And I think, you know, they're showing that she's able to rationalize things and, think for herself and not just go, what's that, doctor? And, 
kind of move herself forward without him being there. Now, one interesting thing I did see that I don't think the doctor ever would have done if Rose was there is throw himself right in front of a Dalek and tell it to kill him, knowing that it probably would. So he, he, he just kind of had no regard for her in the fact that he was going to strand her there in 1930s Earth. And you could see the surprise on his face when he didn't get killed. So yeah, I, I guess he feels that Martha is more self-reliant and can take care of herself if she, well, they were on Earth. She's out of time. She's not in her, and she's also not in her low, um, you know, she's across the pond, but still she's on Earth. And if need be, she could survive, you know, and continue in 1930s. Right. But it, it just surprised me that, you know, he didn't think about, well, I mean, I guess he was thinking about protecting everyone. But he did look quite surprised when they didn't exterminate him. So, I but in Gridlock, he really, you know, went out of his way to make sure, you know, he felt very responsible for Martha when she was kidnapped, and he went all out to find her. Right. And, this is like a complete 360 to that. But you know, also it might be the impetuousness of the moment, and he just, you know, couldn't take it anymore. He's so mad that the other guy had gotten killed that he just snapped and acted without thinking. Plus, I guess stranding her in uh, on Earth is probably not as bad as stranding her someplace far away from her element. Yeah, right, that, at least she's on her own planet. Yeah. But um, overall, you know, they're going to grow on me, and I haven't watched it the second time yet, and a lot of these that I didn't like beforehand, I ended up liking after I'd watched it. You know, like, Love and Monsters is a good case. I know you hate it, Lewis, but I like it now. <laughs> I've seen it a couple of times to show people, and, and I have found that that's kind of an episode to get people that don't like Doctor Who to kind of like it a little bit, because it's not as deep in, you know, the real out there sci-fi elements kind of creeps up on you, and then they're like, oh, that's not as bad as I thought it was, then you start showing them other stuff, and like, so who would have thought that while watching Doctor Who, we would be chiming in on how great the production values are, and how weak the storytelling was? Normally, right. the other well, way that's around. A good <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, it's it's you know it's exciting though. I never actually thought you know four years ago that I'd be watching it again, other than you know re-releases of old episodes on DVD. So that's that's really something awesome. Yeah, I mean we're we're, we're so all very grateful that we have new material coming. I still can't believe we're at episode six now and. You know, um, we're we're at the almost at the midway point of the of this new series. Where's time going? Yeah. <laughs> time is relative. Yes. So um, I forgot to ask Tra- um, Travis when uh, um, he was on before, and he, he's left now. But uh, so I'm going to ask you, Wes, how many Tardis groans would you give this? Okay, I would have to say I want to amend my last week and and add. And just say four stars for the first part and three stars for the second part. Okay, and would you give and it overall? Overall, I give it a three and a half. Okay, well, very good. Thank you once again, Wes, and um, you know, I hope to, uh, next week you'll return and we'll get your opinions on um, on next week's episode. I think I will. Thank you guys very much for doing what you do. Thank you. All right, y'all have a good one. Take care. Oh, we have uh, Dave in the queue. Okay, Dave. Hi, Lewis. Yes, I'm here. Hello, Dave. Hi, welcome. Hi, Lewis. Yeah, um, the last few speakers have really covered um, the things I wanted to say, but I'll just chime in quickly. 
Uh, Westy, I agree with him that um, this story sounded a little bit stretched. Um, on the other hand, if it had tried to shoehorn it into one episode, I suppose we'd have all been complaining about it didn't have the room to breathe. But as Taris has mentioned, um, I think, as well, everything was in place in the first part. Uh, the costumes, the setting, um, the, the whole idea looks as though it was building up and that we were going to get the payoff this week. And I think quite a number of us feel a little bit cheated that the payoff didn't really come. Mm-hmm. Um, but lots of the small details, the, um, the way that the, uh, the Daleks dealt with the, um, the Dalek Shek after his uh, transformation and, and the sort of infighting and the, and the other things that were going on around the main plot seemed to be well thought out. But there just didn't seem to be a big enough story right in the centre of the whole episode. So for me, um, I thought it had come down a little bit. I think I voted three and a half last week for the first episode. But I would have to say more like two and a half TARDIS groans this week. And so for, as a two-parter, I would only give it three. So I think a little bit disappointing. Uh, the two parties in the earlier series have usually been the standout stories. Uh, and this one felt a little bit lacking in substance. That's all I can say, really. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, I enjoyed I mean, I've already said on the forums that I came back and watched it after I'd been to the cinema um, that night, and I'd gone to see a film called Sunshine. And that was rubbish. <laughs> it just went off at a tangent in the middle, and... Uh, I almost stopped watching and left the theatre, but uh, no, I enjoyed the Doctor Who, but it wasn't great. It wasn't really even very good. What, what was the it movie was, that you saw in the theatre? I'm sorry. It was, was it's called it's called Sunshine. Oh, okay. Sort of, that little Miss Sunshine. Try, just they, they, try, no, no, no. They were trying to reignite the sun. Oh, right. And uh, it was supposed to be. So, it was very much much like Solaris, if you've seen that. Mm-hmm. No, I haven't heard failed, of it, that's why I asked. Yeah, but a very failed attempt at it. Anyway, just to finish off then, um, I enjoyed it, but I really felt let down by the second part. It, it just didn't come up to the second part of a two-parter, and uh, that's a real pity. So mm-hmm. that's me, Maurice, really, I think. Well, a bit down on it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think... Um Generally, that's been the, the general consensus um, that, that I've been hearing so far. So um, I, I think we're we're in sync with that. All right. Well, yeah, thank you so uh, much, Dave. And I okay. uh, love your contributions in the forums. And uh, for those that don't know, it's uh, the dot org or podshock dot net, and we um, have um, people that interact in the forums all the time. And um, so I encourage everyone to participate there as well. And there's also forums on Outpost Gallifrey, and I encourage um, everyone um, to participate there as well. Okay, so we haven't given our own TARDIS Rhone ratings yet. I'm going to go around and see what everyone is giving this episode, and as well as um, the two as a whole, if you will. And those that, that declined last week, you know, just give us your overall rating. So um, going down the list, Tarras. Well, as you know, I don't like to assign numbers, but I thought that this was a 
a very good story as a Dalek story, and probably with the exception of Genesis, which is more a Dapper story than a Dalek story. I think mm-hmm. that's a Dalek story that we've had since the Troughton era. If you uh, remember the, the silliness of the Pertwee and uh, the uh, yeah. the uh, Colin Baker era, then uh, I think this is probably the best that we have. Though, unfortunately, I think they mined Evil of the Daleks way too much because I, I see this almost as a parallel story, including like a Dalek civil war. Well, how much of a civil war can you have with four Daleks? But, uh, yeah. well, but I think uh, it was very, very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think um, you, you probably have the strongest ratings of, of you know of, of all of us here right now. And but like I said, I I was a bit bipolar of it. I one aspect of it I sort of really enjoyed, and the other aspect, for the same exact reasons, were disappointed with. So, <laughs> so I I understand where you're coming from, and I and I agree you know, with it to a point. And um, so, Mike, what's your uh, Tardis groans for this and the overall story? Well, um, let me, uh, I guess, try and sum up my feelings on this one. Which, uh, I've obviously had a lot of complaints the last couple of weeks about the two-parter. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and I, I think Darth, uh, Darth had it right when he compared it to the, the, the cyber two-parter last year. I mean, that's, that's exactly what I was kind of contrasting it against. Because uh, there was a situation where I didn't really like the script, but also didn't like most of the stuff that went along with it. Here, I really like so many elements of the, of the production and the directing and the casting that uh, I find it. I find it. I feel guilty being too cruel to the story because because there is so much great work there. Yeah, I think I actually liked the second episode more than the first episode because the uh, the, some, the great action directing. All of the all of the production design, all of those things, and the music. I think we've all agreed on it was pretty good. Uh, goes through both episodes, uh, so so that that's pretty much equal. Mm-hmm. The first episode ended up being a bit a bit boring, and even though both were predictable, the first one dragged out a bit. Whereas this one actually was quite exciting, even if even if the, the script was weak. Uh, so I, I I don't think I can give a, a number for both. The number I'm going to give is two and a half uh, out of five. Uh, okay. That two, and a, that two and a half goes to almost everybody that worked on the story, uh, other than the, the writer of the script. I'm afraid. I think it's 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 two weeks of wasted opportunities. Uh, I was really looking forward to an epic story, but for the Daleks, it wasn't going to be so epic. It was going to be a smaller scale Dalek story than we've we've had uh, uh, certainly at the end of last season. And the idea of four Daleks and a plot in New York just such a brilliant idea. That they could have, you know, they could have had so much fun with, and done, you know, made such great episodes. Uh, yeah, two and a half, and uh, and it, it actually hurts. I just, I can't. Uh, I'm looking at the ratings they've given so far this year, and I can't give anything higher than uh, higher than that based on you know what I've given already. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, how many times can I say I just really feel the scripts let everybody down? This yeah. Time. Okay, I understand. I, speaking of the action direction, I, I sort of like that um, that camera-mounted Dalek where they you see the Dalek going through the corridors and it, and the camera's like shooting right up at the Dalek, and that was um, something that we haven't seen before on Doctor Who, so that was a nice little um, action direction there. Yeah, it's great, great directing, and I you know 
uh, it's, it's too bad we won't. I think this is this is it for James Strong this series. I don't I think that was the only block he's doing this year, so we won't see him again until next year. I, I believe the the Christmas um, yeah. story he might be back on for that. Yeah. So he's uh, he's been a great addition since he came in last year. Uh, hopefully we'll uh, hopefully we'll get a better better script next time. Mm-hmm. All right. Very good. Thank you so much, um, Doris. Well, um, a difficult one to rate, to be sure, uh, because so much is right with the two-parter, and yet there are some plot holes that make me kind of shudder when I think about them. And yet the overall texture is really impressive. It's Both episodes are ones that I would happily rewatch. Um, but there's just a lot that's unexplained and that could have been explained in, in much more interesting ways. I really like um, Mike's idea that if we, if we had been telegraphed that uh, they had been there for 200 years or whatever, that maybe that would explain things a lot better. I really like that idea. I wish they had been there. Um, I don't know. I, I still think on the strength of all of the elements combined, I think it's still, as a combined story, it's probably a three and a half or a four. Um, certainly, certainly it is way better than any Dalek story that we've gotten as uh, Taras has said since the Trotton era, but maybe even going back before that, except for Genesis. Um, in many ways, there's a lot of things here that remind me of the Daleks itself, the, the initial story, um, in the way that the direction was handled, the way that the reveal was done. I think it was a valiant attempt to bring some magic back to the Daleks by not just having them be robot killers. I don't think we've seen an attempt like that yet, really, in modern Doctor Who. And so I, I enjoyed that aspect of it. It's really hard for me to just discount things that are good just because I didn't get at the end a satisfying explanation of why they were there. Uh, yeah. I think it's one that over time will grow in people's appreciation. Of mm-hmm. At least I hope so. And yeah. the, the things that are wrong with it will fall away from the things that are right. I mean, all that stuff with the doctor, all the, the character information that you get on the doctor by the things that he does because of what the Daleks are making him do, that's really good character stuff. You can't just throw that away. Mm-hmm. So, for me, we'll call it a three and a half, meaning points of four for the whole story. Okay. Well, very good. Thank you. Now, one thing that I did notice was that I was expecting the scene on the tower to be the ultimate or penultimate scene, but when I looked at where it was in the episode, it was actually almost in the smack dab in the middle of the episode. So there was a, that little surprise element there for me where I thought that, oh, this is the end, but wait, this is only halfway through the episode. And well, I'm kind of glad a whole bunch wasn't, of stuff cause, afterwards. Because then it would be mimicking a bit. It would have been a short of, episode. The idiot Trenton, where you know he's up on the tower at the climax, and so as, as for myself, I'm my opinion is similar to what Doc had just said. I there are a lot of aspects of this that I really liked. There, there's some that that was disappointing, and um, I know last week I believe I was um, I gave it a, uh, a four out of five Tardis Thrones, and. 
for this week's episode, I'll give it a three, and overall, I'll do the average of three and a half um, out of five Tartar Spoons for the story. And you know, I, I and again, you can't discount all the positives, and yet at the same token, you can't discount all the the the, the cons as well. Not not that con. <laughs> <laughs> So um so yeah that's that's where I'm at with this episode uh, and this whole story and you know it's overall it was enjoyable but but disappointing I guess that's the only way I can sum it up. So uh, we we have a, a couple minutes left and I thought um, Darth had brought this up to my attention and I was wondering how if everyone if everyone's um, been keeping up or have been watching the animated series that's part of uh, Totally Doctor Who, The Infinite Quest. And um, so I should give a spoiler alert if you haven't been watching it, or maybe we could just keep the spoiler free for those that haven't seen it yet. So has anyone been watching that? Has um, I know, obviously I know Doc has. Taras, Mike, I have been, been and uh, I thought that it's uh, been pretty interesting so far. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. I've um, So far I, I've been enjoying it. Uh, I guess um, it's difficult to to do an animation script that's compelling with only like three or four minutes. Yeah, it, it reminds me very much of the original Clone Wars, the Star Wars animated series that, um, that the Cartoon Channel had, uh, the Cartoon Network, a, um, a few years ago. That not The second time, the second series that they did had expanded episodes, but the first one had these little, you know, no more than five minutes, you know, per episode or... And yeah, I think these are about half the running time of those. Yeah, they're about three minutes at most, somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah, I've Well, speaking about totally Doctor Who in general, I think that uh, the change that they've done to their competition is much better this year than the previous year because the kids that are there get to compete each week instead of weeding them out to like a smaller number at the end. Yeah, I would agree. I'd agree there. I think it's a more uh, a more interesting competition than the, than the Companion Academy was. Yes, I, I think that whole damn show is so much better than it used to be. I mean, the direction on it is great. They don't have really ste- they have steady cams everywhere. Uh, they have scripts that actually seem to be funny not forced, really, terribly forced, or if it is forced, then the host make acknowledgement of the fact that, you know, the, the humor is meant to be forced. Um, the guests that they've had on are really totally in the spirit of it. They've had a wide variety of people from the show. Everything about that show is totally different and a lot better. I think maybe it helps that their studio is, like, right next door to the Doctor Who studios. I'm not... I don't know what the case was the previous year, whether they were even filming at the same time as Doctor Who. But just, I think, they were filming at the same time, and they had a lot more access. Yeah, they were, they were yeah. not next door to, the, to Doctor Who last year. No, they, were in a different, they were in a different... I think they were a, near, closer to Cardiff, whereas Doctor Who was in Newport. So. Yeah, I love the one episode where the kid who was on Mastermind or whatever beat Russell T. Davies on questions that Russell T. Davies should have known because they were from episodes he wrote. It's very funny. It's great. And confidentials have been expanded this year as well. We're giving, they're giving us like episode length, you know, similar, you know, around 40 some odd minutes as opposed to like 27 minutes. So um, I, I think they're, 
in a similar. I don't know if it's too long, but <laughs> I, I think confidential. I think confidential is actually improved in that. Last year, I sometimes found the episodes, the, the shorter episodes, getting a bit boring. So far mm-hmm. this year, the episodes are longer and more interesting. Yeah, uh, maybe with the exception of just the, the latest confidential, which sort of rehashed a lot of information that was in last week's confidential or last week's commentary. Uh, but still, still pretty good, and and I like the the new talking heads, the new uh, uh, I can't I don't know I think there's a guy from Heat magazine, and there's uh, another lady I can't remember her name, but it's, it's terrible I can't remember their names. But uh, the talking heads I think are an improvement over uh, Clayton Hickman and some of the heads uh, they had uh, in the previous two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more interesting, refreshing beauty here. Right. Yeah. I just wish that they would have an option where you could purchase the complete episodes as opposed to just having the cut-downs available. Yeah, on the DVDs you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, it's a shame that, you know, the full versions never, you know, were released in that form, you know, and um, and I'm wondering what, you know, maybe they expanded it so that, um, you know, the show's length to, so that when it comes out to DVDs, the cut-downs will be a bit longer, perhaps. I don't know. Maybe there's a desire simply not to have the, to re-edit them without the music, because obviously the music is the biggest obstacle. Uh, they yeah. could put other music. Yeah. They could put other music in, but I, I think that putting in stock music every week on Confidential would really diminish the effectiveness of the episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, part of the part of the feel of it is the the popular music soundtrack that they have every week. I, I don't know if you catch the, they have a video podcast, which is a very, very cut down version of the confidential, maybe like five minutes long or something like that. And um, the, the, the chunk of, of the confidential that they showed in this week's episode of the video cast, the podcast video, whatever you want to call it, um, deliberately edited out uh, the Pink Floyd, every brick in the wall. And they were talking about the wall and adding the, the scenes of the TARDIS in front of the Statue of Liberty. And so, obviously, they they are conscious of popular music licenses and how that's different, you know, in the UK as opposed to worldwide transmission. And so, I guess they have to be careful about that. So, I would imagine that these confidentials, when they go out on DVD, whatever, they will have to be re-edited so that the popular music is um, snipped out. Yeah. But they, I noticed now, confidentials, they're... Um, very little of the classic series, if you will, is included in them. You know, they, there's hardly any scenes now referring back to any of the previous authors. Yeah, I think that's a mistake, because that's one way that they could get people that are not familiar with the old series interested and then get them to buy the DVDs from the old series. But yeah. I guess the BBC doesn't really think in that manner. You know, I agree. They leave that to BBC Enterprises or Worldwide or whatever they call themselves now. Yeah, it's not, it's not produced as a marketing tool for, for the merchandise. Maybe something as simple as there's been so much footage on location with the current doctor that they really don't have time to squeeze in anything now. Mm-hmm. It, um, are anyone missing the Tardisodes? I, I, I guess they just uh, figured that didn't really fly over last year, or maybe it was too costly, or they'd rather reinvest that production money in the episodes themselves, and 
or extending confidentials at extra length or, or whatever. There's obviously no tardisodes this year. I think the tardisodes were not really focused well. They really didn't link enough to the episode that they were supposedly marketing. The thing that I missed the most is the plethora of tie-in sites that we had last year as opposed mm-hmm. to this year. I really don't see that. Yeah, it's kind of strange. The, the first, um, the, the last year and the year before, we had a lot of those tie-in sites, which, um, you know, it's, it's, I'm guessing it all started with Who Was the Doctor, that website, you know, from that, that, that we saw in episode Rose. And, um, but I, we haven't really seen it. Well, I, I, of course, we're not completely through the series yet, but and that's their forthcoming. We haven't seen any yet. Only fan-produced ones. Well, of course, you have had, um, I think we've had a larger balance of historical episodes to this point than we have ever before, and I'm not sure what kind of uh, website you could do along the same lines as we had last year, because they were all pseudo-real. So I'm not sure what you could do, except for you know ones having to do with the hospital in episode one. And maybe something with Gridlock, I don't know exactly how you do it. Yeah, I guess you couldn't really do a website on the construction of the Empire State Building unless you do some sort of historical website. Yeah, yeah. yeah you could do that. Yeah. Alrighty, well, well, if uh, I remember correctly, wasn't Gareth Thomas the one that uh, or is it Roberts? I'm, I'm mixing the two up again. Probably. Gareth Thomas uh, is from Blake 7. Isn't he the one that uh, wrote the Tardisodes last year? And since this year he was uh, given a script that he didn't have the uh, the opportunity to put any in, any time into doing mm-hmm. something like that. That could be it, for sure. Maybe the Tardisodes were, and Attack of the Grass were kind of grooming him to write an episode. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that could be. I mean, I guess if they really wanted to continue them, they could get somebody else to to come in and do it. But I don't think the reaction was that enthusiastic for them last year. But I'm glad to see Gareth uh, writing a great episode of Doctor Who rather than than the the ancillary stuff. Yeah. Agreed. Okay, so um, until next week when um, we return, we'll we'll be returning with, um, what's that next week's episode title? Uh, Project Lazarus? No. Thank you. Lazarus Experiment. Uh, uh, well, I know Lazarus Am I getting that wrong? somewhere. Lazarus. <laughs> I'm just remembering from the trailer. Uh-huh. <laughs> Where we trailer see that. a former writer become an actor. Yes. Well, At least as far as Doctor Who's concerned. In, in official canon, that is, because we've, we've seen him as the Doctor before in a, uh, in a, in a, in a comical sense. True. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, so it's it will be interesting, and um, the 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 trailer was sort of interesting. I wasn't expecting that creature that looked like something out of the movie The Thing, the 1982 John Carpenter version. So, uh, but we'll see what happens next week. So, thank you everyone for being a part of this show. Those that are listening, those that are participating, and uh, um, come back next week on um, Sunday, April. Oh, no, we're in May now. Sunday, May sixth. Yes, I was looking. Looking, I was looking at the March calendar. <laughs> so come back next week, and we'll uh, do another live show and 
and I do apologize for the delay in getting these out on the main feeds, and hopefully today I'll have a chance to work on getting some of these out. And, um, but you can uh, listen, and uh, you can listen live or listen to the pre-recorded raw versions of these at TalkShoe.com, and without having to wait. So, thank you once again. Thank you, Tarras. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Doth, and thank you all that participated. And you're um, welcome. Thanks. Cheers. And on behalf of Ken and, and James, they give their regards, and I'm sure James will be back next week, and hopefully Ken will be as well. Do they give their regards to Broadway? <laughs> I'm sure they have. been listening to Doctor Who Podshock by the fan run Gallifreyanembassy.org and presented by Outpost Gallifrey at Gallifrey1.com. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Come back next week for another exciting and informative episode of Doctor Who Podshock. You can email us at feedback at podshock.net. You've just heard an interactive, interactive interactive, podcast designed for audience participation. Come talk, talk, talk text chat, or listen live at TalkShoe.com.